0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Store Nightmares, the podcast where we discuss the strange, the bizarre, and the evangelistic films of the VHS era. Tonight, we're talking about a real oddity, 1972's Evil Come, Evil Go. My
1: name is Luke, and I'm joined by Leland. Listeners, you can find 1972's Evil Come, Evil Go. Nowhere on streaming, because 40% of this movie is hardcore porn. We don't see a lot of hardcore action, do we? No, but there's genitals front and center on enough shots that you cannot put this on most streaming sites. Yeah, the DVD describes it as softcore. I, I agree that that's probably softcore-ish in that there's no actual penetration. Yeah, but they don't bother hiding anything.
0: Well, this director made other films that were certainly hardcore um, and much more much darker than this. Although I think this is uh, possibly the strangest. Wh- who do you think this movie was made for? Do you
1: think this is stranger than Janie? Yes, really? I don't know, man. I, I think... mean. The the angle of Janie makes it weirder
0: Janie's it, Janie is made weirder right it's the the way it's presented and delivered is makes it weirder but this idea is weirder
1: in, in the, case you haven't listened to everything we've ever done since we started this show like over a year ago Janie is much like evil come evil go a pseudo hardcore pornographic film that involves a blossoming young woman's journey, a sexual odyssey through highway hitchhiking to find her stepfather who she is madly in love with. Right? Or is it her actual father? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. I just remember it was like disgustingly incestual and everyone should have been offended. Yeah. So, so compared to to Janie, i feel like this movie is a softball pitch
0: so the story of this one the clue in the listeners is that sister sarah jane is this evangelistic street preacher who believes that god is love not sex and she, uh She delivers this message by seducing men, having sex with them, and then murdering them to prove her point and purge the world of evil men. (laughs) It's oddly feminist.
1: I guess you could see this as feminist if you're looking through uh, like a smudged lens. (laughs) I mean...
0: There's nothing really sincere about her, though, right? Like, she's hypocritical about everything. Do you think that's the point? To really
1: get at the root of whether this film is genuine, you have to question the intent of the filmmaker, right? Do you think he was trying to make something shocking? Or do you really think he was trying to make some sort of anti-religious statement here?
0: So I can clue you in on that a little bit. Because on the DVD, there's an interview with the producer. And the way the producer describes the origin of this movie is he and the director were sitting at a hamburger place, eating lunch. And his burger was almost raw. And so at the time, they were working on a pornographic movie. And he thought, what if I had a gory pornographic movie how would that play and so he turned to the director the future director of evil come evil go um Walt Davis and said how would you feel about doing a movie where a preacher woman murders people for having sex and they both agreed that it was a fun idea but the the producer whose name is Bob Chen um the way he described it was it was just an experiment they just wanted to see if it would work or not and they had um they were very uh aware of the idea that it might not work
1: how do you go from uncooked hamburger to religious lady murders men i don't know that's the way the story was told that's all i got all right so this film was an experiment they certainly had ample talent available to conduct the experiment i guess let's just get, let's just get this out of the way now do you feel it worked uh, i don't think anything about this movie works which
0: is what i think makes it interesting
1: i also agree that nothing in this film works um just about and uh i i would struggle to recommend this film if you haven't already seen it <laughs> to anyone <laughs> listening to this
0: Uh. (laughs) I think it's an interesting uh, mystery, sort of. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. I don't know where the idea truly came from. I don't know if it's trying to be satirical or serious or if it's trying to be a horror film or a comedy. I think it's trying to be a comedy but I can't tell. And the fact that I can't tell, I think makes it odd. And I like odd things. So if you also like odd things, then I think you might be interested in this.
1: So is that a lukewarm enough recommendation? Oh God, that's, that's a terrible pun. Um, Okay. So it, it was an experiment. They just basically threw in dark comedy, graphic, well, almost graphic sex and some death and just to see if it would work
0: Yeah, to give you an idea of how haphazard this production was um do you know who john holmes is no he's like a famous porn actor but he happened to be on the set when they were talking about having to do the gore effects And the director was saying, like, we need to hire somebody to do the gore effects. And John Holmes said, oh, I can do that. I'm a trained special effects expert. And they all thought he was lying, but hired him anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So the cinematography was done by a guy named Manuel Condi or... I guess it's Condi. Um, the the producer on the DVD calls him Manny, but I guess he was just like he owned the equipment that they were renting to film the movie with, and so he just did came on board and did the cinematography. Like,
1: but wow, apparently he shooting a porn. Yeah, I want in. Apparently he he went
0: on to have a a pretty successful career as a distributor and a producer and a um, cinematographer. So.
1: All right, so for all the bad things we're probably about to to say about this film, um, it's important to note that this film does have some good energy behind it. Like, it looks like everyone involved in the in on scene on camera anyway is having a great time. Yeah, I agree with that. It seems (laughs) like such the cop like it's it's becoming like a recurring cop out. Like criticism, right? Like, man, this movie sucks, but everyone had fun doing it. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I think it's in I think that's infectious. Like when you can tell that they're having fun, it becomes fun for the audience.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: All right, let's briefly talk about some of the actors here. Uh our main character, Sister Sarah Jane, is played by Cleo O'Hara, who I don't really know much about. She had a career in porn but it was mostly weird stuff like this um she was in another of the director's movies that's on the dvd called oh you beautiful doll but she plays a very similar role to uh to sister sarah jane in this movie what do you think of her performance
1: i mean i was convinced she was like a fucked up religious zealot she seemed like a somewhat believable character. I think her accent is real. So that helps make
0: her convincing as like a Southern Belle type. She does come off as insane. Oh, genuinely. Yeah. Apparent- you- I got the impression from the interview on the DVD with the producer that a lot of her performance was unscripted and was her improvising
1: oh yeah let's get that out of the way now there's very clearly no script very little of any of this dialogue was actually planned
0: yeah he he the producer said that they would just like before they shot a scene they would walk up to the actors and say all right you say this and then they'd film it and then they'd turn to the other actor and say okay now you say this and they'd film that and that—that's how they got through the whole movie.
1: This movie has quite a few long takes in it, and so you'll have an actor go on for, you know, almost a minute worth of solid dialogue in a single shot. And then at like almost the very end, there'll be like that small subtle gap where they don't quite know how to follow it up before they continue the rest of what they're gonna say. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like that improv gap. Yeah, there are some odd pauses and gaps in the dialogue for sure. You see it all the time in shot on video films, but it's just weird because I feel like they had the production value here where they could have just made life easier for the actors by breaking it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I about this. I guess nothing about this film was easy, huh? I'm sure it wasn't.
0: No, I mean, uh, they again, they seem to have a good time, but it also seems very amateur but Walt Davis who directed it also uh, has a brief part in a uh, part in it as a pig farmer do you remember there being a pig farmer no <laughs> me neither he
1: so must a background character
0: it must not be a very prominent role but he he does play a prominent role in some gay porn interestingly enough
1: rock and roll
0: yeah Anyhow, let's play the trailer, and then we'll talk about the story.
2: She's a psalm-spouting, hymn-humming preacher woman who's out to tame Hollywood. And this is Hollywood. Sex is Hollywood's most popular sport. Indoors are out. But Sister Sarah thinks that sex is evil. <coughs> evil come... Evil Go: the story of a man hating Hellcat on a one-woman crusade to end sex. Pay any child support? Hell no. Are you kidding? I don't want any responsibilities. (laughs) What do I pay child support for? Love generation, huh? If you two had spent a little more time reading a good book and less time on sex, why... You might even grow up to a mantle sun. Upon meeting a super sexpot named Penny, Sarah Jane initiates her into a whirlwind orgy of sex-heating depth, where even beautiful girls are not safe from the sacred sisterhood of horror. Patrick, wait a minute. Well, we've got to make up for lost time. Oh, my goodness.
3: Come
2: on. Sweet. Blessings as a reward for bloody murders passed on in a ritual, tempting death. See them in action.
3: Hey, who the hell do you
1: think you are, anyway?
2: Evil come, evil go. Where twisted passions erupt on the screen in a torrent of sex and hate based on the horrifying book that shocked a nation. Disgusting. Come on, Sarah, let's go. Hey, wait a minute. You saw me in action? And you can see Sister Sarah Jane in action, too, in a heart-rendering, pulse-pounding saga of smoldering sex and unbridled passions never before seen on the screen. To know her is to love her. And to love her is to die. Evil come, evil go, in color, you won't forget it. Shown at this theater soon.
0: All right, so this movie starts with a Bible verse, the one that says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Were you surprised?
1: You did briefly tell me that this was going to be religious-themed, Christianity-themed, so not exactly but i also didn't go in thinking this was going to be mostly porn
0: yeah i i mean i don't know how you really describe this movie to somebody else but i guess
1: you know with this opener this this film is very self-aware that they have to be saying something about religious figures or at least con men who wear religion as um as, a, as like a tool to deceive others
0: do you think that sarah jane is self-aware like do you think she's gen- do you think her religious
1: beliefs are genuine um why am i thinking about this so hard <laughs> okay all right first impression is that this woman is clearly insane not just because she is actively seeking and killing men Mid coitus, but because there's a very a brief transitional scene in the first like 15 minutes of the film, where she is walking on the beach, wearing regular ass shoes, in the sand with ocean water constantly washing over her. (laughs) Those shoes are ruined. Like, who does that? I did wonder. I did think about that. Insane insane but even if that was actually the director's intent but that to me was the 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 very large red flag like she just murdered a man right but the the shoes on the beach with the tides washing over her (laughs) that was the huge red flag for the rest of the hour of the film right there so at first first impression she's batshit insane but near the end of the film she starts talking about this grand plan to possibly become like a televangelist. Uh Uh-huh. So when you ask me, or when we, when we ask the the ubiquitous, we, (laughs) the viewer ask is Miss Butler here, (laughs) a con man, con woman, Connor, maybe she would evolve to that point. But until she's actually on, like, some false pulpit on, like, the 700 Club, I would just imagine she's insane. And just l- trying to fulfill some sort of weird logic puzzle in her mind.
0: Well, it, it's just... First of all, we should know she's insane because there we have a theme song that tells us she's insane.
1: <laughs> right? Well, okay. Okay. I guess to be fair, you can also... Be a televangelist and be insane. But there, I guess there's a difference between being like feral insane and being domesticated insane, right? Like (laughs) in the beginning, this most of this film, she's a lone wolf, right? Like she, she does have a disciple that she picks up, right? And she is committing acts of horror through her own fucked up uh worldview but she's not trying to scam con people out of money like it's not prosperity gospel until i guess after the this movie ends if she manages to get that tv show and attract the younger audience she's hoping to snatch her hooks in
0: well she does she does try to get a free hot dog
1: she does try to get a free hot dog (laughs) Fucking denied, and she accepts ten dollars from that woman on the street. Of course, she's gonna accept money. She's well, she's preaching. Preaching is that what you call it when you have like an accordion piano?
0: She's singing shouting.
1: hymns badly. You know. Okay, so I guess you've you've joined me in my my thought process journey thus far. I guess she is a like a blossoming con woman i guess that is that is the journey here we are seeing her her rise to infamous stardom but unfortunately the movie cuts just short of showing her getting an amazing television show that would have undoubtedly brainwashed dozens of people
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i i don't think the movie wants us to think her beliefs are sincere because they show us her being hypocritical like they show us her swearing for example she'll say like bullshit now and then and it's sometimes she tries to cover it up or stop herself from saying it and so i think that's supposed to be an indication to us that she's a hypocrite
1: i might not be the most devout follower of christianity but outside of using the lord's name in vain i don't believe there's anything in the bible against cursing
0: no but i think that she would say it was inappropriate it's just like she chastises uh that other girl penelope for being a lesbian while engaging in a practically lesbian relationship
1: with her did you get the impression that um that she was actually enjoying fucking these men before like stabbing them murdering them whatever she was doing i couldn't tell
0: there were some points where i think she tried to look offended or disgusted but then she seemed enthusiastic about it and it seems like she could have killed them far before getting into bed
1: with them that's what i'm saying this is a very inefficient operation
0: yeah why does she have to wait until like climax to kill them
1: Or just before climax.
0: Yeah. But we see her in the beginning. She goes into a bar and like quickly picks up a guy. Right. They start whispering to each other uh, right away. Um, And later we see him in bed stabbed to death. And um, then we see her on the beach running to the theme song. the, The scene you were talking about earlier. Can we play some of the theme song here? Sure. People need to hear what we're talking about.
3: Evil come, evil go, Sarah Jane, do you know, is the world in the mess that you say, will you strike with your blade till they... All finally paid There's another victim Every single day Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane Sister Sarah, you're insane But you always pull it off And walk away Light with your law, you must rid the world of every kingdom's foe and you give all your might in each nocturnal flight evil come evil go
1: when this uh Theme song plays. There's like this random guitar guy that sort of follows her around, almost like a <laughs> like a spirit of sorts.
0: It's very meta. He kind of looks like Jesus. Yeah, I assume he's the the singer songwriter. Um, I'm apologize to him for not knowing his name. Uh, what'd you think of the song?
1: It feels like the the song is. A higher quality than the rest of the film. Like it, it, this sounds like the theme song to like a television show opener, less appropriate for a film, but I'm glad it's here.
0: Yeah, I, I really like it. It's really catchy. It sticks in my head. Um, I recognize that the lyrics are unbelievably stupid and like on the nose, but it, it's fun. I, I, I can't help but like
1: it. Could you imagine if this was a TV show in like the 70s along the style of like Columbo where you just cut out the hardcore porn, but every episode is about, you know, Sarah Jane just sort of romancing a random like working class or like upper class working man, someone that would be respectable in a community in like half the episodes and you just know how it's going to end every single time. It's going to be a romance into a murder. And the audience is just like there the whole time, just hoping somebody calls her out on her shit. I mean, I never watched uh Dexter. Is that how Dexter was? No, no, that's a different beast altogether. Yeah. Well, but Dexter sort of alternated between, um, serial killer of the week episodes where he had to do an investigation. And, um, uh, like a continuous story for like the season itself.
0: Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. The, I don't think this should, this would be sustainable as a TV series. It's barely sustainable as a movie. I disagree. I think you could get away with it. You would need, I don't know. You'd also need people with the morbid fascination to watch um, a man that they might grow to like
1: be destroyed there's definitely an audience for that. <laughs> what do you think Game of Thrones be? <laughs> I never watched that either. I'm so illiterate when it comes to TV. I mean, I I didn't go past season two, but the, the concept is still there. You like find this lovable, likable character, and then you just fucking murder them in front of the audience. Yeah, I I read it's a little the- more complicated than that, but the premise is similar. I read the first book and had trouble getting into it for that reason. <laughs> how could they kill Sean Bean in this book?
0: <laughs> well, I
1: want to talk. I want to talk about the
0: second man that uh, we see sister Sarah Jane kill. This is the guy that is bragging to her in bed about how he gets four or five different chicks a week and love them and leave them is his motto
1: so i think the key to this guy is that he's probably lying half the time but the actor can't pull it off and then the other half of the time is bad writing because no one would ever admit to not paying child support
0: i know this guy is (laughs) unbelievably odious like he's intentionally offensive i think uh Maybe they're trying to get us to um, empathize with
1: Sarah Jane and like want him to be killed. Like maybe some men are evil, but not all men.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. he brags. He says, I've got three or four different
1: kids around this country, but I don't pay any child support. Like realistically, you know, a scumbag in this situation would at least probably admit say yeah of course baby I pay child support (laughs) I mean presumably through with it
0: presumably you're trying to seduce this person to be in bed with you but I guess he's so confident he doesn't think he needs to do anything Uh, at some point she says something like uh well what about if someone gets the best of you and he says there's no woman smart enough to get the best of me
1: (laughs) 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 yeah he's He's an awful character. Is this the vaguely feminist part you're referring to?
0: <laughs> yeah. I to... mean, I guess you could look at this movie as a woman getting revenge on misogynist men. Which should be fine.
1: Um, But, uh, you know, it feels like you need your Avenger to be just a little bit more... Uh... <laughs> I was going to say wholesome at least a little bit more like uh on the side of right and not just more blatantly murdering cuz she isn't just killing shitty men right like this like 3 scenes later she's going to be like brainwashing another woman to do the same bullshit she's doing uh huh that's doesn't seem very feminist <laughs> to, to manipulate other women No, I definitely don't
0: think she's a feminist character. I I guess I could see someone trying to sell this as a
1: feminist film, but I'm not buying. I'm not I'm not saying I agree. This could have had a fem a a real feminist twist to it. Perhaps it's more refreshing that it didn't just because we've we've seen that before.
0: Yeah, I mean... I guess you could compare it to like a rape or revenge film, which I, I don't like those films. I, I can't watch them. They're just it's too uncomfortable for me. Um, but in this film, it, it's interesting because we can't really sympathize with the main character. Right. In those rape revenge films, we empathize with the main character. That's part of what makes it so painful to watch. Um, But in this case, there's no one to empathize with because our main character is the villain.
1: That's not to say that you necessarily need sexual battery in order to create a good revenge story for a woman or or create some kind of like pro-feminist like, you know, crime against men story that's that's effective I mean, just look at switchblade sisters right
0: yeah no i i totally agree i i'm just trying to think of what else you would compare this to like what would be in a similar genre and i don't know there's not really anything
1: i'm aware there's a whole sub genre of films in the 70s of porn films trying to integrate actual plots with all the sleaze and obviously it didn't take off because we don't really see that today
0: yeah it's it's odd because it's like there is sex but it's not like titillating sexy sex i don't think and it's combined with horror and satirical elements that are either offensive or frightening or disturbing, like things that don't go with the erotica. So it's just, it it makes you wonder like, who is this movie for?
1: I do honestly feel that this movie could have been better if they sort of dropped the wayside, the need to make every other scene pornographic and just focused more on like the weird parts With, like, you know, Guitar Jesus following this weird ass, uh, this weird ass serial killer woman.
0: Like, you could have definitely made her into a fully developed character. And there, there is, there is enough, like, roots here to grow an interesting story. It's just they don't do anything with them.
1: But you know, the best way to really foster a strong, root system is through like 12 episode TV seasons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let that be your pitch to Hollywood producers. Um You can try to get a, a TV adaptation
1: of evil come evil go. No way. I stand with the writers right now. I'm not crossing the picket line.
0: Oh, uh, well get it into development for when the, uh, for when the strike ends anyway let's talk about her evangelism um she stands on the side of the road dressed in like an old southern bell type outfit with a wide brimmed hat she plays her accordion and sings hymns badly what do you think the purpose of her of this
1: is do you think she's trying to convert people She needs gas money. She doesn't have a job. She has zero income. She probably robs the men that she murders. But how much money could these deadbeats have? So this is only about begging for money then? Well, you know, with all like religious grandstanding, you know, there's always like, you know, 50-50 spreading the message. Give me money so I can continue to spread the message. That's that's this. That's what's going on here. Instead of a collection plate, she just holds out her hand. Well, she's preaching that God is love, not sex,
0: which is what she wrote on the previous victim's uh, mirror before she left. She says sex is only for making families. And apparently if you want to kill men, you're allowed to then. But she says, I am against pleasurable sex in any form.
1: It's kind of a hard message to get behind in uh in in 2023 and it was probably also a very hard message to get behind immediately following the 60s
0: well she she yells a few times at people who i guess she perceives as hippies and she says something like it's uh you know free love is actually free sex
1: she says things like that most people react to her the way they should by ignoring her except for this new character.
0: Yeah, she meets a woman, uh Penelope or Penny for short, who gives her some money on the street and later when her car dies, she offers her a ride. But this might be the most gullible character
1: I've ever seen in a movie. Very conveniently written character.
0: Yeah, she's um she's rich. She's a lesbian who is, I guess, attracted to Sarah Jane. She has a girlfriend already, but that doesn't matter very much to the plot, um, at least not at first. Uh, And she is open to being um, religious, to learning a new religion.
1: I think there's more going on here with uh, Penny besides the lesbianism. But we we need to address why she has money. Her family, who lives on the East Coast, this is fucking stupid. Her family on the East Coast <laughs> decides the best thing to do with their super gay child, who's now like in her early 20s, is to send them away to the West Coast, to what is probably the gayest state <laughs> in the entire country. <laughs> yeah, they buy her
0: a house and they give her a huge allowance.
1: Now I could buy, I can buy that premise. My daughter is gay. I'm embarrassed, but I also have way too much money. Let's just put her somewhere and forget about her. But you send her to California. You got to send, you got to, if you're, if this is your plan, this is your master plan to deal with the situation. You got to send her to somewhere like Montana or Wyoming in the somewhere where there's no civilization. Is Wyoming a state? Yes. Yeah. People people forget that one. You ask them to see all 50 states, that's one people forget all the time. <laughs> Send her there. She she will not besmirch your family honor with her with her gayness if you just put her out in the woods in, in Wyoming. Are there woods in Wyoming? I, I don't know. I've actually never been there. Yeah, man, it's, it's a mystery. Nobody knows. There's, they probably sorry if, there's probably not even a Wikipedia page for Wyoming. Sorry if we have
0: fans in Wyoming. <laughs> I'm sure I'll visit your state at some point.
1: I'm sure you have great things there. Hey, look, look, it's our desert full of uh, pools of alkaline. <laughs> even the domesticated cows don't go near them. Well, in the next scene, she tries to
0: get a free hot dog, Um <laughs> Her it's, car breaks down. Yeah, her car breaks down right next to a hot dog stand, and she orders food and tries to get out of paying because she's a messenger of God.
1: Hot dog man shuts her down.
0: Yeah, she's like, You wouldn't charge a messenger of God, would you? He's like, It's still 53
1: cents. That's the most painful part of the film, right there. This woman orders a hot dog. And like a large soda, 54 cents. She wears a hot dog with mustard and cheese. 54 cents. That that hot dog would be like seven dollars today.
0: Yeah, or more. But she uh she happens to run into Penelope again, um, who uh because she's so rich, offers to hire her mechanic to come and pick up and fix Sarah Jane's car. And Sarah Jane can come be her guest at her house.
1: You know, this movie never addresses this car again. I just like to think that it sat there in front of this hot dog stand for the entirety of the film and beyond. They might still be there to this day.
0: Yeah, that's true. They never do bring it up again. But she's a very careless person. Like when she stands up to leave the restaurant, she leaves her food and drink spilled on the table. For the next
1: guy to look at, I would. I, she might be the kind of person who would just leave a car. So this is obviously supposed to play into her her hypocritical like criticism, right? Like she, I think wants so. To, she wants to do all this good for the world, but then she spills a fucking soda on a public table and just walks away with. And she what takes one bite of this hot dog? It, she yeah, she doesn't eat. eat very much of it. It's G it's Guitar Jesus that comes in after her too.
0: Yeah, but we don't we don't get to hear him play during this
1: scene. No, he starts to play right as the scene switches. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been great if he sat there and played the whole fucking song again while like the camera just pans into the spilled soda?
0: Or a different song. That would have been even better.
1: <laughs> how many, how many songs about like religious women killing men do you want this man to write? It could be a totally unrelated song. Like he just sings a song about like unrequited lesbian love. Or abandoned hot dogs. As like the soda on the table like loses its carbonation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I would be down for that. That would make this movie more interesting.
1: Symbolism, like lost potential. Wasted youth. As you see this hot dog that never got eaten. I'm telling you, man, this is ripe for a television show. Uh, That could be an episode right right there.
0: Well, once they're back at Penelope's place, um, she offers Sarah Jane milk. Like, would you would you like a glass of milk? But Sarah Jane says she wants something stronger, like scotch, (laughs) because even in the Bible, they used wine
1: for medicinal purposes. So, yeah, I guess this is more, like, hypocritical bullshit. Well, there's nothing in the Bible against drinking. Uh, there's plenty of parts where, um... Excess, sure, but yeah. just one drink, come on. Yeah, uh, Jesus did drink wine. Man's blood is wine, right? But
0: I have a feeling that if she was out on the the street corner, Sarah Jane would be preaching against drinking.
1: But speaking of uh, of people who are insane, um, I think Penny is not all there too.
0: <laughs> no, there's definitely some marbles missing. She shows uh, Sarah Jane this really old altar, and Sarah Jane is like, "I saw it in my vision." <laughs> <laughs> and then she has um, she has Penny kneel.
2: You are here to take the vows of secrecy. In obedience to Sister Sarah's sacred order are the sisters of complete subjugation. Yes. Oh, yes. You will do whatever you're told. You will help me rid this world of pleasurable sex and evil men. Yes. Yes. I will, Sister Sarah.
3: You are my first disciple.
2: You will wear this ring.
1: take the bows after me sisters of complete subjugation
0: <laughs> is, is Sarah Jane also subjugating herself or is it only Penny? Not, it's only Penny. Only the underlings. Right. The thing about this, this like cult, if that's what it is, is normally with a cult, you have a really charismatic leader, right? And if I'm watching one of those documentaries or something, I'm usually saying like, well, this is crazy, but I can see how given time and isolation in the right person, you could be convinced that this was real. Penny doesn't
1: take any of that. She's on board right away. We should mention that Penny is a landlord. Oh, yeah. She has
0: tenants. <laughs>
1: this this is who owns passive income in the united states it hasn't changed since the 70s <laughs> but i don't know who would agree
0: to such a vow i promise to do whatever you tell me without there's a, question there's
1: a reason this woman was sent away
0: but she already has a girlfriend like she doesn't she doesn't seem to care at all about her girlfriend she's like i'll get rid of her Do you think she's like really attracted to Sarah Jane? Or is this actually a spiritual thing?
1: I think it is a spiritual thing for her. For Penny, it's definitely spiritual. For Sarah Jane, it's a follower. Yeah. Yeah, she says
0: there has to be an initiation which involves tying Penny down to the bed so that she is bound to her as she is to the Lord. So she blindfolds her and ties her down while singing hymns. Um, And I did notice in this scene, I mean, it's cool throughout, but there's like, she's singing hymns, but there's also background music which sounds like like a modulated synthesizer or like old tape music, like experimental stuff. It rises and falls in volumes. Like sometimes it's louder than the singing, sometimes it's not. It's really disconcerting and like effective to me.
1: I just noticed something in this scene that I completely missed on my first watch. What's that? So Sarah Jane is going over to the dresser to get the fabric straps.
0: Yeah, and she takes something panty. else out.
1: First thing I noticed is that um, she carries her purse fucking everywhere. Yeah. Never lets it go. But when she opens the door, the drawer to get the fabric, she takes out what looks like a very sparkly expensive necklace and just puts it in her purse. No, I noticed her take something, but I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, I mean, I can see it clear as day. It's, it's like supposed to be, I'm assuming, expensive jewelry. It's, obviously, it's some like shiny prop bullshit, but it glows like a fucking disco ball. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm starting to doubt her, her genuine insanity. Maybe I was completely wrong about this woman. Maybe she's a con woman all along. Well, and not just, like, a insane religious fanatic. Maybe she is just, like, a sociopath that wants to kill men, and this is all just, like, window dressing. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. Wow, this movie is so deep. Did you expect to get into this kind of a deep dive? No.
0: Wow. I didn't think there was that much psychological depth here. The other thing worth mentioning in this scene is uh, a random cat jumps up on the bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not scripted. <laughs> you know what that means? They did actually shoot this in somebody's house.
0: Well, and they obviously didn't bother with doing second takes because
1: they left this one in. Well, I mean, it's a cool cat. I, I guess. Did you think it was jarring that, um, you know, there's like one moment where, you know, Penny is getting tied down? fully clothed and then there's just one shot and suddenly bam, she's like open shirt, topless. Well, we see we
0: see uh, Sarah Jane cutting off her underwear, so I just assume she cut off everything else too. If they filmed that, it is not included in the movie. No, we don't see it. But Sarah Jane does say uh, that she has to tell her about all the men she's killed. It's her mission to kill evil men, and you will help me, she says. Um, And uh, Penny
1: is remarkably agreeable. How can someone so wise lead her astray? (laughs) Right, she she says, I have this
0: strange compulsion to obey you. That's just making it too easy. And then I couldn't figure out if Sarah Jane was interested in her sexually because she says, do you have any girlfriends? And I didn't know if she was saying because she might be jealous or if she was saying because her religion would look down upon it. Um, I couldn't tell which. But regardless, uh, Penny says, just one, but I'll get rid of her.
1: She's obviously a manipulative con artist, so I think she's just trying to figure out what kind of social ties Penny has to make sure complications are reduced. Yeah, well, the first thing she says when
0: Penny's girlfriend eventually shows up is she's like, no, don't let her in. She'll undo all of the progress I've made. Some of the writing's a little
1: too on the nose, huh?
0: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's not the best uh, written film. I mean, it might not have been written at all.
1: <laughs> oh, God, that's a, that's a good point. So what but, exactly is this initiation, right? She ties down Penny, blindfolds her, and then rubs her body with a, the, the flat end of a switch blade, cutting off her underwear, and then, what, pretends to, like, ritualistically stab her? but how would penny know she's blindfolded
0: yeah well it's only it only matters in the eyes of god
1: so of course right as the blade comes down we're greeted to uh, like biblical scripture that's framed on the wall
0: yeah so obviously penny already had an interest in
1: scripture i don't know too much about this sort of thing but i mean there's a there seems to have been, like, especially in the 60s, well, maybe through, like, 40s through, like, the 80s, maybe, this, like, um, subsect of, of the gay population that's, like, self-hating in a way, right? So they kind of, they feel guilty about being homosexual, and so they kind of purposely dive into religion as, like, a way to try to alleviate that guilt. Maybe this is, like part of Penny's situation. I mean,
0: that's why I think this is an interesting movie or part of the reason it's an interesting movie to talk about is you can imagine all of this being included in the film. It's not, unfortunately, it could have been a very character rich
1: movie, but we can imagine. But I, but yeah, for, for that kind of plot line to work, Penny wouldn't have a girlfriend. She'd be too, um she'd be too busy trying to fight against her nature
0: well the girlfriend is definitely the more domineering one yes for sure i i have a feeling the relationship was her idea hmm.
1: i didn't think about it that way but you're probably right
0: but they come up with this plan that penny is going to go out to bars and pick up men Uh, Sarah Jane says she can't go out anymore because she's going to enter the big time. She wants a TV show, and so she needs to make sure that her face is not recognizable. Sure. And, And Penny agrees to not only go out and seduce men and bring them home, but she also says she'll finance the TV show.
1: And just for good measure, Sarah Jane makes Penny strip in front of her to make sure she's attractive enough for random-ass barmen. Yeah. So I don't know if we really need to talk about all of these scenes in between, but do we want to get into the the tenants?
0: Yeah, let's talk about the tenants. There's a couple of tenants who are sunbathing, quote-unquote, in the backyard, and Sarah Jane wants to spy on them, and so they see that they're naked and making out. And they shake their heads in disapproval, and I love this.
1: Sarah Jane says, "Penny, get your tambourine." Well, apparently this tambourine was fucking lost because it takes some, uh, well, like a good six, seven minutes to get outside, break this up.
0: Yeah, the some of the
1: scenes in this movie are painfully long. The first porn scene, maybe two minutes. It feels like a while, but it's like maybe two minutes. This one. It's a long time.
0: Yeah, but their, their solution, their reprimand, is to march around them singing hymns and playing the tambourine. And Sarah Jane tells them that they are evil.
1: I thought she was going to go out here and start murdering people. This is actually pretty tame.
0: Yeah, no, she's um
1: amazingly restrained. Maybe it's because there's another woman present. Maybe she does have a moral code, no killing women. Oh...
0: Yeah, and if she were to kill the man, she would have to kill the woman. No witnesses. Maybe she's conscious of the fact that Penny makes money off of this couple, and she wants that money.
1: Oh, okay. I buy that. That that's That's the ticket right there. Yeah, I don't know if she's thought that far ahead, but that makes sense. I like how the dude's specifically like, you know, I could take this shit from her. She's my landlord. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah we don't... The, but then the landlord gets in on it and he immediately deflates and leaves. Oh, yeah. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that scene. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's too long and nobody died.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well... The first time they kill a man together, um, Penny brings him home and uh, Sarah Jane waits until she's practically being raped and like banging on the wall to to go in and intervene. I don't know why she didn't intervene earlier. Mm, forced trauma bonding? Uh, more likely the movie just wanted us to to see more of the
1: scene. Okay, I mean, yes. Okay. that yeah, But like within the, the grand scope of the cinematic universe of evil come evil go, uh, I'd imagine this could be perceived as like some sort of uh, additional manipulation technique.
0: I mean, maybe it's a testament to Cleo O'Hara's performance as Sarah Jane that we imagine she has some motivation. Right. We had, there's a scene where we see her outside waiting. And I imagine that she's thinking about something. She's thinking about evil men
1: doing (laughs) evil
0: things. But she eventually does come in and stab him to death. And uh, Penny is hysterical at first. But Sarah Jane says, Think of all the innocent girls we've saved from this big, sweaty body. And they wrap the body in a sheet. And put it in the trunk of the car. Um, but this is about when uh, Penny's girlfriend, Junie, shows up.
1: Our preacher here immediately notices the rival threat. It's like two alphas recognizing each other.
0: Yeah. And because <laughs> it's obvious that Penny is so weak willed that she'll go along with anything.
1: Like, hey, this 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 is my gullible girl. What are you doing here?
0: Well, Junie recognizes right away. She's like she's just in it for the money. She she said she's a phony and she doesn't have her her main line of attack is that Sarah Jane doesn't have a license to solicit money. I thought that was a really weird line of attack.
1: That might be a thing in California like though it is weird well i think the real line of attack is just getting the police involved like just calling the police regardless if the original complaint is even valid is enough to is enough to really scare the shit out of her
0: yeah that freaks out sarah jane but the way junie tries to get penny on her side is to say that sarah jane doesn't have a license to solicit money and um Sarah Jane responds like, I didn't know she didn't have a license to solicit money. And that's when she says, I'm sorry for the way I've acted. And she calls herself a dumb cunt. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's a really stupid conversation. <laughs> and Sarah uh, Jane willingly leaves.
1: I was a little surprised at that. At her leaving? Yeah. But we're yeah. near the end of the film, so I'm like, maybe this is how she gets out. No, I assumed she was going to come back. No, I I fell for it. I got bodied.
0: But I couldn't tell if Penny knew she was going to come back or not.
1: She did. She knew. I think she knew, too. That was, that was the big surprise for me was that Penny was in on it because
0: when you know uh, Junie and uh Penny start to have sex and yeah. that's when makeup.
1: they need to have g- glorious lesbian makeup sex so that the audience gets their big reward for sitting through this hour long film well wow. this is the cli- this is the real climax right here yeah you think so yep this that's th- how the filmmakers thought of it that's exactly how the filmmakers thought of it this mm-hmm. is what you're here for this, if there was a trailer, this would have been featured prominently, all oh. twenty seconds of it. <laughs> while
0: they're while they're having sex, uh, Sarah Jane sneaks back into the house and she takes off her hair scarf and uses it to strangle Junie.
1: So yeah, actually, no, no moral code about killing other women.
0: No, uh, well, sometimes you have to, or maybe it's because she's a woman attracted to other women.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like a evil man, right?
0: Yeah, maybe maybe lesbians are an exception to the rule,
1: unless you can like break them in as followers.
0: Right. Well, it's really anticlimactic, but while they're dumping the bodies in the forest, this other couple shows up there to have sex, and after the woman leaves, the guy catches them and recognizes them from as being the street preachers um so i think the audience is supposed to think
1: like oh damn they're caught right i are we not going to mention the fact that the movie takes great lengths to to tell the audience that these this couple's in the woods because of uh they're having an affair
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how relevant that is to the story, but we do hear about it constantly. That's like the entire thing they talk about. And apparently the guy is not that loyal to either his main partner or the woman he's cheating with because he voluntarily goes off with Penny and Sarah Jane at the
1: end. Presumably to get murdered.
0: Right. And we get to hear the theme song again. And we see uh, the guy with the guitar following them.
1: It feels like they just kind of ran out of ideas, said roll credits.
0: It's very anticlimactic. Like, I think it would have been a more satisfying ending if they got caught.
1: It would have been a more satisfying ending if they just put the girlfriend's death as the end of the film.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they could have done that.
1: I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it would have been significantly more satisfying, but it would have been better than ending on this note.
0: In, in some ways, this feels like an attempt at a John Waters movie. I mean, John Waters wasn't really a thing yet. Um, or, no, when did this movie come out? 72. 72. Okay, so yeah. Um, let's see. When did Mondo show come out? 69. So but Pink Flamingos wouldn't have been a few years later. Um, This was around the same time that John Waters was starting out. And you can see like similar sensibilities. But I think this John Waters had a very unique and uh, he was very certain of what his vision was, uh, what his voice was. Right. And I don't think the filmmakers behind this film thought all that much about it.
1: Not because of a lack of discipline. They just were really winging it. I mean... They these plan. They didn't plan right. These are guys who usually make porn
0: films and they came up with an idea over a raw hamburger and were like, gee, what if we made a film like this? And then they just shot it. <laughs> so... I just don't think... uh If you don't have to work hard to make something, then you often don't make as good of a product anyway you want to give final thoughts and a rating out of four
1: if you haven't seen this movie you just listened to this episode you probably just made this movie sound way fucking better than it actually be as a movie uh, you know out run time of like an hour 14 minutes it feels like there's just so much missing that that could have made this film just a little bit more elevated maybe to like a cult classic status potentially but there's just too much time dedicated to, to the porn not enough of the characters are fleshed out the potential is definitely there as a film i'm not really impressed as a potential tv pilot you got my you got me interested maybe we can turn flesh this out into something but I think this movie is just held back too much by by what's missing here. I I really appreciate the performance put on by our main actress and penny. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one star here because I at least enjoyed watching this more than the child. Would you give the child a half? Half star, yeah. Yeah. Half star is for like when people just show up to work. <laughs>
0: The attendant star? Yes. Well, I think this movie deserves more than an attendant star. Um, <laughs> I I think it's an interesting specimen, right? It's an oddity. And if you like curiosities just for the sake of curiosity, then you might like this. We've got evangelical Christianity portrayed in a satirical, like hypocritical light. Combined with porn, combined with a slasher movie, and I'm not sure what it's trying to be. And then on top of all that, we've got a hippie folk theme song, which somehow makes it all better. I don't know. You know, people talk about movies like Troll 2 being random, like having, like, being out of left field. This movie is that um and it's i think it's interesting for that reason but it's not a good movie um it's it's horribly written or improvised uh the performances are surprisingly good for what it is and entertaining um and i like the the basic concept i think it could be interesting there's a lot of psychological depths that could be plumbed but they're not um so it's you know we can't judge it because it's not on the screen um i'm gonna give it one and a half
1: extra half star for the theme song we really we really tunnel visioned on the theme song so much that we didn't really talk about the rest of the music it's interesting it's like
0: I talked a little bit about it, but it's a lot of like music, concrete, uh, like tape music, experimental stuff.
1: You know, I mean, yeah, that, but I think the majority of the music in this movie feels like uh, no copyright orchestral music at really weird points.
0: Yeah, there's probably a bunch lifted from library records. Yeah, just very
1: oddly placed.
0: Yeah, it's very haphazard, just like the rest of the movie. Anyway, uh, that's it for Evil Come, Evil Go. Next week, uh, we're going to do a movie that um, that I really like, uh, Gregory Lamberson's 1988 Slime City. I'm excited to, uh, to watch this and to talk about it with Leland. And it's on YouTube. Cool. So if you haven't seen Slime City, uh, you're in for a treat. Check it out and join us next week. Until then, you could follow us on Instagram at video.store.nightmares. Leland, do you have any last words? Thank you for your continued support. Beautiful. We'll talk with you all next week about Slime City. Have a good one, everybody.